Welcome to another podcast episode of DIY Guitar Making. I also produce video episodes of DIY Guitar Making live in the workshop. To find both the podcasts and the videos all in one place, go to DIYGuitarMaking.com. You can even subscribe to the email list there to receive new episodes, both the videos and the podcasts, directly in your inbox as they come out. Again, that's DIYGuitarMaking.com. And with that, let's get to the show. Hey guys, this is just a special note for the listener, particularly if you are listening to this podcast soon after it has come out. I am adding the old Q&A episodes that are normally on my DIY guitar making YouTube channel. I am adding those to the library of the podcast, starting from the earliest Q&A until I'm, I work my way up to the current day, in which case then... As new Q&As come out, they will be loaded to both the podcast and the YouTube channel and my website. So anyway, all of this is just to say, if you're listening to this soon after it came out, some of the uh, sort of promotional things that I mentioned about the online courses and the workshops and things like that might be out of date. If you want current information on that, just go to my website, ericschaferguitars.com. And I'm going to answer your questions first. So let's do that. All right. So the first question is, is actually a comment, and it's a correction, which I'm very grateful for on something I said in the last video. Keith Short says, hey, Eric, I'm a ukulele builder, and my personal experience is that cheap ukuleles generally have friction pegs with a one-to-one ratio, no gears at all. Four to one planetary ukulele tuners I have used are much nicer and quite stable. Goto pl- planetary four to one tuners are usually found on higher end ukuleles as a set of four tuners cost a lot more than an inexpensive ukulele, right? I have used both 18 to one open gear and four to one planetary tuners. Both work fine and are stable. The planet, the planetaries are easier to install. I would not want to use one-to-one friction pegs as they slip and are tricky to tune. Love your stuff and appreciate you sharing your craft. Well, I appreciate you, Keith, sharing that comment there because I did make that mistake. Um, I was comparing the tuners, the 40-to-1 tuners that I have on this guitar. These are Steinberger gearless tuners to cheap ukulele tuners, which I said were four to one planetary tuners. And actually that's not true. Um, Four to one would be a very low tuning ratio for a guitar, but actually in the ukulele world, he's right. That's actually a decent tuner on the ukulele. Um, The cheap tuners that I was referring to and what I was thinking of as I was saying it was exactly what he was saying. The one to one friction pegs. That means as you turn the knob, the post turns with it by the same amount. So extremely imprecise. Anyway, that's what I meant to say in the last episode. Thank you, Keith. Let's jump to the next one. Uh, What else we got here? Dave Wilson says, really good demo and always like your candid style. And yeah, I got the inverted reflection bit. Okay, great. 
Okay, I tried to explain something in the last video and I didn't think I did a very good job, but he got it. Side question. I've been finishing using your true oil method with good success. That's the course that I sell. Uh, finishing with true oil, a method for acoustic guitar. Method with good success, but that guitar looks like it has a matte finish. Is that true oil? Okay, he's asking about this guitar that was in the last video. Um, this is naked. There's nothing on it right now. It just looks a little shiny because, um, because of the grit it's sanded down to, which actually we're gonna sand it a little shinier before we start with finishing. So you know, this is not a matte finish. This is no finish for now. Okay. Okay, Thomas Tommy says, great video, thanks for sharing. Why did you place the tuners like that on your headstock? How does it help or hurt the guitar? It is a beautiful guitar. Do you teach people to build or work? Well, let me take these one at a time. He's asking multiple questions. Um, how does it, why did you place tuners like that? So he's referring to not the type of tuners, which I talked about in the last video, but the orientation of tuners. Uh, all this does is it runs the tuners, the pull of the strings straight in a line like Paul Reed Smith. Um, if you look at their headstock, they have a, a design that also gets that straight pull across. The reason that they're staggered and they, they look uh, almost like they're in a random configuration is simply that was the way to get them straight in a line, get the string pull straight in the line with this very skinny headstock shape, which was really uh, just an aesthetic thing. Getting, making the headstock like that. I thought it would look cool to have the tuners kind of staggered like that and to have the headstock be super skinny just to do something different. But the straight pull is a functional thing. The straight pull, at least in theory, should put most of your, more of your energy budget from that string will be put into the down pressure going into the nut and the saddle if you don't waste part of your energy budget pulling to the side, if that makes sense. So if you imagine like a normal Martin paddle headstock where all the, the tuners are off to the side and the string rides up to the nut and then it takes a hard turn to the side to meet the tuners. Um, you then have two vectors that the string that the force from the string is, is following. It's going down and across, whereas with the straight pull like this, it's only pulling straight down, right? I'm not a, a physics professor or anything, but that's how I've always understood it. It could amount to nothing. This could be one of those things that sounds good when you talk about it, but really kind of amounts to nothing. There's a I would imagine a lot of things like that. Maybe the, the difference is negligible, but um, I like the look of it and it makes sense to me, so I do it. Other people do it for that reason. Not the weird staggered thing, but the straight pull. Other people do that and they say the same thing. So that's why. It's to get the straight pull so that there's one force vector going down against the nut instead of wasting some of that energy budget pulling out against the sides. Going on with his question comment here, 
Do you teach people to build or work on guitars? Yes, I do. I teach a hands-on workshop here in Burnville, Pennsylvania. It's a nine-day class. Uh, the next class is starting in March, but that class is already completely booked out. And then there's a class in April. Well, there's two classes in April, and there's only one spot in one of those two classes left. There's a class in May, also booked out. So spring is pretty much booked out except for that one April spot. And then I'm doing three classes in the fall. So if you go to ericshaferguitars.com, you can see the schedule of dates there. There's spring classes and fall classes. And that's how I'm going to be doing things going forward is always having a spring session of classes and a fall session of classes. So I won't be doing classes in the summer or the winter. So hopefully you guys can make it out to uh, Burnville, Pennsylvania just in those seasons, the spring and the fall. Because um, I, I, I did this so that I can work on other things in the off season between those classes, the summer and the winter. So yeah, if you go online, you can find the schedule for that. Thank you, Thomas Tommy and everyone else who asked questions. Um, yeah, that's enough questions. I'm not going to read other questions now because there's too many exciting things to do here. Like, first of all, just tuning this thing up. Yeah, I love the precision of these tuners. It's just awesome. Um, before I do anything, give each of your strings a little stretch here. And that dr dramatically helps with, on brand new strings, with having to constantly uh, retune them for the first, you know, like two hours of, of playing because those new strings are just being put into this super stressful tension situation. And so they're going to constantly want to spring back and lose their tension a little bit, which means you have to retune it. You know, if you guys play guitar, which I'm sure a lot of you guys do, you're very familiar with this when you put on fresh strings. It's, you know, a back and forth of tuning and it detuning and you tuning it again. So if you do a string stretch, a couple laps, three or four passes of this, notice how I'm not just grabbing it in the middle and yanking because I don't want to put a kink in the string. I'm more so massaging the string along its full length. Okay, and then we retune it because it should have dropped down a little bit. Yeah, that definitely dropped. Just 
strings on an open E, especially this open E. That one just sounds really cool. So your open strings are always going to sound fuller. They just, at the very least, they just sound different than your fretted strings, right? So if I play um, fretted G as opposed to the open G string, that sounds different. If I play the open E and I play a fretted E, thing about guitar sound uh, on new guitars I don't put much stock I don't think about what the guitar is gonna sound like I'm actually less excited to hear the, the guitar than I am to play it when it's first built like it is right now because the sound will mature so much in even a short amount of time in just a week as it gets held in this tension position and everything if you think about it you have built this box here and it wants to resist it's being pulled on and in a sense it's resisting that and just like a house settling over time it's going to sort of give up as time goes on and at first it, the rate that it gives up is quicker than um so so you'll see a change a pretty dramatic change in just the coming weeks right after you build your guitar and then it will continue to mature but at a much slower rate after that right so it has uh what would you like an exponential curve whatever you call that i don't know anyway so when i first string up a guitar i'm more interested in feeling it and playing it than i am in actually listening to it um they do sound a little bit different, but they all also sound a little bit tight. So knowing that I'm not really listening yet um, to hear what it sounds like, which is a little bit disappointing, you know, because you want it to be like Christmas morning, like you're just getting this thing for the first time um, and hearing its full power. But you just got to wait. <laughs> Okay, so I could sit here and play this, but you guys probably don't want to see that. And also, we've got work to do. So, go ahead. And take this Probably didn't even need to loosen that that much. I could just... Could have kind of popped these out under tension. Wouldn't have been a big deal. Which is, what's interesting that I've found here is even under string tension, I have loosened up the locks on these. And maybe surprising to some of you, not so surprising to others who have dealt with these kind of mechanisms before, but um, you can unlock these and they don't just pop off like you would imagine they would. They're under such tension just uh, just being curved at the edge there, the strings being curved, that they just stay. 
in there. If you enjoyed this and you learned something here, please subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform that you are enjoying this on at the moment. And if you want to really learn more, take one of my structured online courses at ericschaferguitars.com. Or you can register for a hands-on guitar building workshop here with me in Burnville, Pennsylvania. Bye for now.